welcome to the GFT podcast, Your Immutable Future. I'm David Creer, and uh, this week I'm very happy to be joined by Jacqueline Kwok, Digital Assets Head of ESG. Uh, so welcome to the to the show, Jacqueline. It's, uh, it's great to have you here and uh, certainly an interesting area to be speaking about. Likewise, thank you so much for having me, David. It's a great privilege to be on here. Uh, ESG investing, so environmental, social, and gov- governance uh, investing, has been, um, you know, taking off, really taking off over the last couple of years. And I think now Bloomberg said that by the end of 2021, um, in one of their reports they did earlier this year, potentially worth like 53 uh, trillion dollars. Uh, you know, the the, the, the investments. So, what, why do you think it's it's getting so much? Um, traction this year? What what do you think is causing that uh, rise in popularity? I think there are a few elements that contribute to the rise of ESG investing, as buzzwordy as that sounds. So on one hand, I think uh, everyone, meaning humans on Earth, are starting to see the actual environmental impact of climate change. You see the wildfires across Europe and as well as the uh, the Pacific West Coast of uh, the United States, you start to see you know lots of abnormal weather patterns that you know force us to rethink. Oh, there is an impact on climate change. Uh, second of all, I think there is um, go- there has been more data that support the fact that there is long term value and superior risk adjusted returns in um, in investments that focus in sustainability or ESG. So when you add the data, when you add those two together, it creates a pretty favorable um, environment for investors to look into this in a more serious manner, especially investors that care more about long-term value. One more point to kind of uh, drill in this point is that it is for large asset managers specifically, it is difficult to you know diversify away systemic risk or climate risk. And the really only choice is to kind of have a higher investor engagement. So you see more people engaged. And when people are engaged, and by people, I mean investors, when investors are more engaged, I think they're more outspoken about it. And therefore, you see a rise in popularity uh, with data that backs up the fact that ESG investing is better for the long term. Yeah, that that makes more sense. I mean, the more the more data you have, the more the, the more you can see the benefits, and and it's kind of clear that the uh, the effects of um, having uh, you know all the ESG data tracked, not impacting you know people's profits. Uh, in fact, it's probably the opposite way around. So that's yeah, that's that's a really interesting point. And you know, think about about data and about how to prove that you know data is uh, data regarding the trade is environmental or social or governmentally sound i mean that that requires like a pretty strong source of truth and it kind of points to solutions like damon and dlt so how how do they provide increased auditability in in the esg so I think uh, what Daml provides is a framework in building distributed applications that can be deployed on uh, technologies such as distributed ledger technologies. Uh, another word for distributed ledger technologies or DLT is blockchain. And when people think these words, they think transparency and having an immutable um, audit trail, which is very important in uh, maintaining the data integrity of um, information, new data streams that feed into financial assets specifically uh, that require 
you know, data to ensure accountability, especially in the sustainable finance space. So I know that because of that, Damo and uh, you know, Digital Assets have been uh, working on some very exciting projects, including some with GFT that uh, are just starting to to see to see light at the moment, such as the work that we are doing uh, with the Bank of International Settlement and a bunch of um, banks um, in the Hong Kong region, which uh, more details will be published uh, quite soon. So. I, I'm assuming that you have done other work in this in this area. I'm pretty sure that, that from our conversations, you, you definitely have. But, uh, can you give us an insight into some of these other projects and, and what has made them so successful? Absolutely. I mean, uh, first of all, we're very excited about this project that we're doing with the Bank for International Sediments, uh, their innovation hub in Hong Kong, uh, in partnership with Hong Kong Monetary Authority, or HKMA, uh, where digital asset is providing the uh, the development framework for using building applications on blockchain uh, and, and GFT delivering all of this uh, to actually bring this vision to life. So to kind of add a little bit of color to this project, it's really a bond, a green bond tokenization and issuance platform that allow for retail investors to invest. So this is pretty, pretty powerful because it is difficult to service retail investors just purely based on the number of investors that one would have to service. So imagine being a consumer, like a retail investor, an individual being able to open up an app and be able to invest in a specific bond and be able to track the data that this project is producing making sure that the money that you've invested actually goes towards the project, uh, the intended purpose of the project, which I think is very powerful. Uh, and this is something that blockchain and smart contracts aimed, as well as Internet of Things, aim to solve so that the bond issuance process, um, you know, traditionally has been pretty cumbersome and uh, manual. Uh, it can be automated using smart contracts, uh, everything tracked on the blockchain, making the life cycling of this bond uh, more efficient, uh, as well as having a single source of truth on the blockchain to ensure, you know, ESG reporting and the data integrity of that. Um, a little bit more on DAML is that uh, with transparency, which is a, a, a tricky word because not everybody should see everything on the blockchain, where a lot of public blockchain infrastructures um, uh, force investors, issuers alike to see the same information, but this is often not in everybody's best interest, whereas a DAML-driven solution allows you to see, allows for transparency at the right level so that different market participants are able to see what they need to know only. You know, personally, I also think that this, the, these types of uh, workflows, you know, I, I, I get the feeling that they are really designed for these kind of like private uh, consortiums and kind of DAML workflows. I, I know that there is some work to do this kind of stuff on, on public uh, chains as well, but I, I think that the privacy of the individuals and, and, the, and the fact that individual companies and individual banks and, as you said, regulators, for example, want to be able to keep control of their data really points to this um, more granular uh, use of uh, smart contracts to be able to really understand who who owns what data and when, and also that it shouldn't necessarily be in the in the public realm. And I think I think there's there's a discussion that that's kind of you know uh, open at the moment. But but I think that the uh, the solution that that we're looking at with with BIS 
is 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 you know going in that direction. And I think I think that's the right way to go with uh, with this particular uh, with this particular area. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I realized that I didn't answer your question about some of the other projects that we're working oh, yeah. on. <laughs> so maybe I can address that a little bit uh, beyond this green bond. It's just a very exciting opportunity, and I'm I think it's it's difficult to tie all those things together across Internet of Things, blockchain, and smart contract. And with the help of GFT, we're actually able to bring that to light. So I, I'm just very excited about this. Um, there's another type of uh, emerging asset class that is definitely tied to the ESG space, which is the rise of carbon assets, uh, carbon offsets as a separate asset class. Um, and a digital asset with DAML uh, is able to service clients such as Expansive in order to bring that to light, where Expansive is providing um, a, a, a platform, a trading platform for such assets and being able to um, uh, marry the data from carbon offsets to uh, trading activity, which I think is also quite exciting. Uh, a similar use case, but a different asset class. Yeah, and I think um, it's, it's it's so important to be able to automate the your, your carbon offset uh, trading and buying and selling, and um, obviously for the people that are selling carbon offset, but also for the you know for the for the major companies that are that are buying uh, carbon offset, such as the um, you know the technology providers um, who who need to offset their their data centers, ha having these kind of platforms where uh, they can trust in the in the technology that underpins them. Uh, be that downward, be that expansive, be that something that GFT uh, builds is 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 super important for them. Um, and having an enterprise platform where they can um, that they can trust in is uh, is is important. So I suppose we we spoke spoken a little bit about what we're doing at the moment and you know where where we are so far. Maybe um, you know like last question uh, before we, before we wrap up is. Where do we think that things will be in the future? Um, so in the future, will, will ESG trading be ubiquitous in the sense that all trades will, will need to be ESG rated? Um, I don't. I think there was one exchange in, in the US that was saying that most all of their trades that they were going to trade um, in, the, uh, in the coming years would need to have an ESG rating. But are we going to see ESG moving to becoming the new norm? Or is it going to be something that's going to be living alongside traditional trading in the long term? I mean, it's just, obviously it's an opinion, but I'd be interested in, in hearing your opinion <laughs> on this. Well, I, I might be slightly biased because I think that in order for us to have a habitable uh, planet to live on, we do have to turbocharge a lot of these efforts. And capital markets is a great way to accelerate certain efforts because projects that actually help solve climate crisis uh, as well as companies that care about the social impact of their uh, whatever it is that they're doing in terms of taking into consideration their employees as well as client interests and providing a governance structure to to make sure that you know this actually happens. I think that will all be necessary uh, for all all parties involved to um, jump on board, if you will. Uh, with that said, this is definitely a a long-term vision. Uh, let's be very realistic about this. I think this big change will take some time to fully realize. Uh, I certainly hope that ESG ratings, um, first of all, are clarified in what that means, uh, and and you know, 
governance boards such as the SASB, the Sustainable Accounting Standards uh, Board, I think, um, is able to actually create a set of standards that's similar to accounting standards, allowing companies as well as investors to uh, have a set of standards that you can work towards, having scorecards that you can work towards. So until that really happens, which I really don't think is um, something that can be achieved in maybe two years. I, I, I hope so. Uh, but I think that when all of that is clarified, which is step one, then you will start to see a further acceleration in, in all assets having an ESG rating because that now that there's data to prove that there is superior returns from a long-term risk-adjusted standpoint, you're able to continue down that path. But this is still the beginning. Yeah, and I think as as you said before as well, the you know the, the turn of events um, in the uh, climate um, this year and the report um, that that we've seen um, over the last year, saying that you know we're, we're we're very close to the tipping point, if not all kind of gone past that tipping point, will also hopefully um, be a call of action to governments and regulators um, to provide, you know, to, to create standards groups and to be able to enforce this kind of thing in the long term. Um, but it's a slow, it's a slow moving machine, as as, as you said. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. But I think in the future, uh, these kind of ratings, however they will be, will probably be become the norm. And um, and I think that's the right, you know, that's the right direction to, to go in. I think we do have to think about uh, all of these elements. Um, uh, and and hopefully, you know, a lot of this will be, you know, trading uh, in general will be underpinned by DLT technology. I would I would see. Um, so, so yeah, I think there's a big role for DAML and for GFT uh, in in that future as well. Absolutely, I think with new different types of asset classes that require lots of data, uh, good data, um, you do need to employ better scalable technologies that provide better data governance uh, in order to make you know, data informed decisions. Yeah, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. So um, I think we're we're almost out of time. So um, okay, so I'd just like to say thank you very much for um, uh, coming onto the show today, uh, Jacqueline. It's been a real pleasure speaking to you, and to all of those people listening in at home. Thank you to you too. Please uh, also check out uh, digitalasset.com. Uh, which you'll find uh, information about Damon and also the work that they've been doing in this area. And also just keep an ear out for the um, uh, for the upcoming news from ourselves at GFT about what we're doing uh, from, from BIS and uh, the press releases and, and the final report that will be coming a little bit further down the track and uh, the work that we'll be doing in this area as well with Damon in the not too distant future. So thank you all for listening in and thank you very much again, uh, Jacqueline, for this very interesting uh, podcast. Thank you for having me, David.